Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this very special live of Healing with the Ancients. This is a new time for us. So for those of you that are that are hearing about this broadcast after the broadcast date, this is a very special live that we're holding tonight. We have a very special guest tonight, Jacob Cooper, who's, who's going to be speaking about his book. And I'm very excited to meet with him here this evening. So before we get started with introducing our guest, I would just like to make a couple of quick announcements. So for those of you that are new, hello, my name is Lisa Snyder. I'm a medium healer and I channel the divine source of love and light. And I refer to this beautiful healing energy as healing with the ancients. For those of you that are returning and have been with me on many occasions, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so grateful and appreciative that you are here. I uh, also this week I'm excited too because we have another guest that will be joining us on Wednesday night, Jane Asher. It'll be at our normal Wednesday night live at 7 p.m. Central Time. Stay tuned for more details about that. And then August 24th, which is a week from Wednesday, we will we will be holding our private group circle, sound healing circle. So we will not have a live on August 24th. The details are on my website at lisasniderhealing.com. All right. So for tonight, we are going to be holding a drawing for Jake's book, Jacob's book, which I've already got marked here with some papers, Life After Breath. So if you are interested in winning, having a chance to win this book, uh, you all you have to do is say hello in the chat box and you're automatically entered. And we'll, we'll be doing that drawing here shortly. And for those of you that are watching the replay, I'm so sorry, you do have to be present to win. So you guys have a really great opportunity and chance to win this awesome and amazing book. All right. So many synchronicities have brought Jacob and me together. Jacob wrote an endorsement for the book Gathering at the Doorway that was curated by Camille Dan. And my chapter, my journey of healing with the ancients is chapter 33. That's in there. Jacob and I connected a couple months ago and I had an opportunity to read his book and it just felt like such a fit. So many synchronicities. I was reading his book and I was just like, holy cow, some of the books he's read, some of the um, comments that he referenced. It was just it was just one of those things where you just say you can't make this up. And even recently, he shared on his Facebook page a book by one of his friends and an author. And I got that book. I was guided to get that book. And I read within the first chapter more synchronicity. So let's get talk, let's get started and get ready to introduce Jacob. All right. Jacob. Uh, Jacob Cooper is a clinical social worker, certified Reiki master, and certified hypnotherapist who specializes in past life regression therapy and works privately with clients through online services. Inspired by his near-death experience and transformative encounters, he facilitates spiritual awareness and empowerment through life-changing seminars. Currently, he resides and practices in Long Island, New York. He is the best-selling author of Life After Breath. His upcoming book, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder is set to come out shortly. And we were just talking earlier, and I, it sounds like it'll be coming out here in the next couple months or so. All the links to Jacob's, uh, how to contact him are in the description field, but you can also find him on his website, jacoblcooper.com. All right. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Jacob Cooper. And here we go. Hello, Jacob. So nice to see you. <laughs> And I'm going to unmute you, Jacob, because it looks like you're muted. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> there we okay. go. That was me. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> some of these glitches figured out. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm very excited about um, having you as a guest tonight. 
An honor. Thank you. It's finally arrived. And so <laughs> many synchronicities have really brought us together here. It's just it, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it really has. Um, so for those who haven't had a chance to read your book, and again, I'm going to show this book again for those that are just joining, Life After Breath. Here we go. Life After Breath, How Brush With Fatality Gave Me a Glimpse of Immortality. Uh, this is about, you, you talk about a little bit about your journey um, of have, after having an NDE at the age of three. Can you just share a little bit about that experience and, and the journey that you've been on here so far? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I had my near-death experience a little bit different than some of the common near-death experiencers that you see who might be middle-aged and stuff like that, such as Anita Mar, Johnny, Dr. Eben Alexander. You know, mine came in its infancy uh, years. So it's a little bit of a different position, but in a way it's very thought provocative. And why I say thought provocative is, you know, I had in my experience so much retained wisdom and memories and recall from that experience that, you know, most of us, when we try to look back on our lives, we remember very little it definitely at that age, you know, it's rare. So it really um, validates the power of what I, what's referred to as the, really the superconscious. And when I had this experience, it was beyond my conscious mind. It was beyond my subconscious mind. It was the superconscious mind in which, you know, I was just unlimited in my awareness. And it was just a mind far beyond this reality. Uh, and so I, I had something that's actually had a... A physical today, my doctor asked me, so you were three years old, you know, you had this whooping cough, tell me a little bit about it. So it was like my first time kind of like explaining to my medical doctor, you know, about this. And it was just kind of validated with how um, dangerous, you know, a whipping cough could be for infants or children if left untreated. But you want to talk about synchronicity, that's really highlighted in my book, a lot of the allegories and symbology. But I went to a playground and I was climbing a ladder onto a slide, hence the name, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder of my upcoming you know, book. But I you know, suffocated and I was really um, totally out of breath, um, hence the title, Life After Breath. And so after suffocation and uh, that period was one, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat, it was incredibly traumatic, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I think I have such clear, clear recollection of it. You know, trauma could go either way, we could really have clear recollection of it, or we could just, you know, have a hard time holding on to it and, you know, suppress, repress kind of thing. But um, I, I was on the other side of that traumatic experience of suffocation. And, you know, that's why I'm kind of here today is there was gifts behind the trauma and there was um, beauty through my near-death experience but through suffocation I was able to surrender uh, to letting go of suffocation and to surrender to the breath of eternity uh, the breath that we are all created with and once I did that you know I was able to let go of the suffering and really open myself up to a lot of the classical uh, near-death experience uh, themes that a lot of you know people have throughout the world you know, that's not bound by religion, culture, country, age, you know, it's just amazing. It's a lot of the parallels, you know, that are found. But I had a profound NDE in which I encountered spirit guides, you know, angels, past lifetimes, awareness of God. Uh, hard to kind of put into words these kind of things, uh, but, you know, awareness of Christ consciousness, soul family members, and beyond. Uh, but uh, beyond that, was just this energy of who I was and what I was forever connected to was just this infinite 
love far beyond this reality. Um, and I think we all sometimes forget a little bit about who we are, not just from a person, you know, not just on our egos, but who we are as what we're connected to and what's guiding us beyond just this physical realm. 100%. 100%. Uh, you're talking about um, a little bit about the religion and uh, the Christ consciousness. Uh, your background, you're raised from your book. I understand you're raised a, as a Orthodox Jewish man. Is that correct? Uh, I was raised that way. I don't necessarily think I ascribed that way, but uh, <laughs> they, they tried. But what's, you know, I, th I see you had a tiger in the background. It's kind of like you can't grab a tiger by the, by the tail. So, uh, you know, was it was, it, you know. But, I, you know, there was a lot of positives, you know, within, you know, that life in a sense that, you know, it was devoted to something beyond just this physical life and, you know, materialism. And so I'm very grateful for that. I don't know necessarily if I would be who I am you know, without that degree of influence and just how the gear of life was a lot deeper from a very early age and what we were driving to. Um, I just kind of changed you know, always kind of change the position with the outer God versus the God within, if that makes sense. And I kind of tuned into that, you know, versus the organization and belief system of it. It um, does. Um, the reason I'm mentioning this is because you had mentioned in your book that you were unaware of who uh, the Christ conscious Jesus Christ was, and that you mentioned that you had a, um, you were aware of him, and that it wasn't something that you grew up well, you're at the age of three, you were unfamiliar with that. And the reason I bring that up is because um, there is, uh, when that is brought up, people automatically think that is just, a, that is, that belongs to one specific religion, that, that Christ consciousness, um, some believe that, you know, that's, that's a religious symbol. And uh, with the work that I do, I was raised in a Christian household, but I don't, I'm same. I don't, I'm not a religious person, um, but I've become very aware that I am working with the Christ consciousness when I do the work. And um, I, I look at the Christ consciousness being available to all of us. And mm -hmm. I also look at this as uh, a symbol of that incredible place of the divine of the love and the light and so that's why i was asking you when you had that experience how did you know did you just know that it was the christ consciousness i mean or was did you have like you know choir of angels telling you i mean how in your recollection did you know that that was the christ consciousness that that was present in that moment yeah it was a clear sight clear knowing it wasn't like you know, what this is, it was something that I forgot about a little bit, but a familiarity. It's mm -hmm. almost kind of like a pitch and a sound and a vibration, you know, on the other side, echoing, you know, where I was at in the realm, you know, of the heavenly dimension that I was in. So it's just kind of like you're, you're hearing this familiar vibe and this familiar sound, and that's just what I was doing in this presence. Uh, but yes, you're right, there's the religious depiction but all religions start from something pure and innocent and kind of spiritual and then they divert something totally beyond that and i kind of joke that uh you know jesus was not born in a chick-fil-a in south carolina like he's a middle eastern guy very different than like the, the person that that a lot of you know that's worshipped is probably the last individual that half these people would would pay time to so mm -hmm. uh, but but i think it's it's within it's a mm -hmm. it's a unique relationship 
Um, I understand the organizational portrayal of it, but I do believe spirituality is very personal. Mm -hmm. It's very subjective. You know, it's related to you and your own understanding, your own personal relationship. And so I think each individual has a different uh, aspect of the divine. We're all at the end of the day connected in the same regard, but, you know, each of us has a different vibration, a different, um, you know, presentation of that. Um, and that's, you know, makes unity within the diversity. Uh, but for me, it was more of like the most personal relationship that I could have. It wasn't something you know, that I had to have a VIP seat for, you mm -hmm. know, in some fancy hall in Texas, you know, with like this mega church, you know, it <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. And I got a feeling if Jesus saw that himself, a man who, you know, took, you know, coins off the table, I don't know what the, you know, dynamic would be with capitalistic uh, benefit off of this stuff to the 10th degree, you know. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. I yeah okay so now um, in that experience uh, you mentioned that you were aware of your guides that were present can you speak to a little bit about um, your awareness of what it was like to have your guides see your guides what their role was when you were in going through that experience of the NDE I mean for myself um, there was awe you know when I was seeing my guides in a sense that they were just the most magnificent beautiful you know high vibrational beings that, mm -hmm. that I had, but there's also, you know, a degree of embarrassment and not, not from my, not from their end, but from my end that I just had this degree of amnesia that I thought that I was just so isolated on this journey. And I just kind of, when I saw them, I was like, oh my God, they've been with me the whole time. You know, I just wasn't always aware with them at all times. So for me, it was just a great reunion. Um, and it was very cathartic, you know, and just moments prior to that when I was suffocating, going through the polar opposite of what, is, what I was experiencing. I was just in this euphoric degree of lump, love bombing there, you know, <laughs> and it's just, there was a male and female guide. And I just, what I would say is um, they were just the closest um, elements to my soul. You know, they were just pretty much myself, but just an extension and kind of imagine like, a celebrity that you have a crush on, you know, or just like someone that you like, like worship. And then just imagine they've been invested in your whole life the whole time, or they're like your best friend and you meet them. It's kind of like that where it's like, yes, okay. it's relatable, but it's also like, you're like an awe, like, wow, you know, we're, we're united. Like we're together, like me, you know, does that make sense? So it's just, it does. You know, and like, I think you know. that because at the ripe old age of three, that you had forgotten that, that, you know, what is those of us that, I've been around a little bit longer and just learned about for some of us who just learned that we have spirit guides or when we learned about our spirit guides, I think we can cut you a break that at the ripe old age of three that you didn't remember about that. That's probably okay, Jake. So I'm, um, anyways, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Uh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's funny how we think of, you know, chronological time, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. it's when I was, and I learned a lot from a near-death experience through asking because in my own mind, I'm my own biggest skeptic. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it must have been five or six because it didn't feel that long ago. And how did I have the ability, you know, to have this? But, I, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's just like the last couple of years, my mother told me, no, you were three. And I'm like, how is that humanly possible? That just felt like just yesterday. So time is a funny thing. But, um, you know, it's just kind of like you could, you know, you know, live like a hundred you know, years that could feel like, you know, centuries or lifetimes. And it's just kind of what you put into that canvas of life. 
you can meet someone for a day and that feels like a lifetime. You know, yeah. or know someone for X amount of years and it feels like a day. So mm -hmm. linear time is, is a funny thing. It really is. It, yeah, it really is. In fact, I think of, um, I can think of some memories when I was, I was probably around that age of being at the beach and we moved from the South uh, up to Minnesota when I was about five. And the next time I went to the smell the ocean was when I was 30. And I still remembered the scent, the smell mm. of the ocean. The minute I smelled it, it was right there. And so I think it's also interesting because I've heard people talking about, you know, when they talk about little babies or little kids and they're like, well, they don't know what's going on around them or they don't know what's happening. It's like, mm, no, energy is energy. And you have no idea what the awareness is. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it it's yeah you just really have to be um i think mindful when we're working with the with the younger with young kids too so um clearly your experience is just clear as a bell and and it's fresh and speaking of which i would like to it's like 50 halfway through the session here i want to do the drawing really quick so if everybody's had a chance oh hello uh camille's on she said hi lisa and jacob got wi-fi in sedona yes yay and camille um curated the book okay if you haven't had a chance to say hello in the chat box um, I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds to do that. And we're going to do the drawing for Jacob's book. And then what, oh. what's going to happen is I'm going to get the book and I'm going to mail, I'm going to send it. I'll just get it through one of the links here, but I'll send it directly to your home. So we'll, you'll find out who's going to win tonight. And I'm sorry for those of you that are watching the replay, you do have to be live. To, you have to be present here to win. So I'm going to get, I'm going to draw that here shortly. All right. Let's see if I can do this right. Okay, here we go. So. Let's do the drawing right now. We got eight. We got eight entries right now. Here we go. Yeah, congratulations, Luann. Okay, okay. <laughs> Luann. Luann won the book. So, Luann, if you could please. Uh, email me Lisa at lisasnyderhealing.com with your mailing address. I will get that shipped to you as soon as possible. Congratulations, Luann. Woohoo! You're gonna love. You're gonna love Jacob's book. I love it. My I love it myself. Okay, Jacob. Um, I want to talk about soul family. Could you talk a little bit about soul family? You mentioned this in in your book. Yeah, you know, like I said, I work with a lot of clients of mine who you know, feel alone and um, they feel that they're on their own. And this is a segue for one of the chapters that I wrote, even within my next book, just kind of like the illusion of isolation, you know, how we could feel that way. But in reality, that's not the truth, that we have so much love inside of us and around us on the other side from the angelic realm to spirit guides. But when it comes to soul family members, I kind of view it kind of like, um, this, this theater of life where we take on different roles and different acts, um, you know, in different journeys, but we are all a part of this family. But I think there's a micro soul family, which, you know, the individual and, you know, groups are connected to. But beyond that is the totality of the soul family, which is all of us here, all physical beings and non your physical beings on the other side, you know, all connected in this one family. Mm -hmm. Um, just a short snippet. I, I, I thought it was cool the the subject of soul family, but I needed validation. So I was getting like a reading, and I include this in my, in my books, one of my books, and um, 
the reader said, I am connecting to the subject of soul fam. No, the reader, I'm sorry, I'll backtrack. My aunt was, um, my great aunt, my spiritual mentor was on her deathbed and she was having lucid visions. And she kept on emphasizing the emphasis on, you know, a picture and how you could really see beyond the picture of soul mm -hmm. family in the, in the eyes, which is the windows of who we are. And I just kind of thought it was a cool message. But then, you know, a medium picked up on my aunt and kept on saying, why am, why am I hearing the word picture over and over again? And that really was validation with, you know, that love never dies, never ends. And it's and it's all within ourselves. And um, I think we have to understand who we are, you know, that all things are possible, you know, kind of like that Walt Disney, when you wish upon a star kind of thing, you know, anything your heart's desire will come to you. And when someone goes, that's the opposite experience that we have. We feel totally heartbroken, but our heart wants it. You know, why can't we have what's in the heart and the love within our heart and the love within those on the other side, you know, never ends. We just have to be open to it and ask if we could receive those signs and symbols from those family members on the other side. But soul family is just a group of beings that we've in, you know, incarnated with throughout different lifetimes. You know, some are here, some are not, but they're all connected. And um, it's just a very interesting subject matter. You know, I'm learning more each day about you know, the power of that. But the first step is to achieving, you know, that is, is believing. You have to have that openness um, to that possibility. So I, I do want to ask this question because I do have a couple of people close in my life who've gone through near-death experiences. And, wow. I, and I also have a client, a couple of clients that I've worked with who've had near-death experiences. And one of them in particular had a fairly recent near-death experience. And uh, can you just touch on a little bit about what it's like to, after you have that near-death experience and you realize that you chose, whether you chose to, or it was time for you to step back into the human experience, what that, what that felt like for you? What was that like, even at the age of three? Could mm. you please talk a little, and I know, and there's a lot more in Jake's, Jacob's book about this. So I highly mm. encourage you to check out his book. Again, the, the links are all in the description field, but if you can just highlight a little bit on that, and then maybe if you have any advice for people who are going through something like this. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think some of the suffocation that I had in my near-death experience <clears throat> didn't leave me when I, you know, got out of it in a sense that, um, you know, I felt very alone. I felt, um, you know, that I had this thing and no one could understand. Um, and so I guess the oxygen that other people are breathing in was just different. And I just felt very different, very alone. And that was a strength in a sense, because I just knew how to be self-determined, self-reliant. Um, I beat to my own drum. I was someone who uh, generated my own current versus being a leaf in water. So, <laughs> but as a kid, that's not a cool thing. And mm -mm. so I think cool is fitting in. And mm -hmm. so, you know, within time, I just recognized the world outside of me wasn't like that. So kind of like a beach ball, I tried to like bury not only my near-death experience, but the gifts that came along with it. But then later in life, it's just like this beach ball couldn't stay down and needed to come up. And so I think for myself to survive, I, I kind of needed to do that with this world that I was living in that valued regurgitation over imagination and valued, you know, outside information versus what the creativity of what you had with inside of you. And so I just didn't feel like I could add to anything, you know, with this conveyor belt, you know, within the education system, you know, that I grew up with. That was the radical acceptance that I needed uh, to survive. But I think to thrive, I needed to own what I had and I couldn't, you know, throw it by the wayside. It was 
who I was. So I think the biggest thing is understanding the timing of it. The timing is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, the average experiencer takes a couple decades, <clears throat> you know, to take ownership of it, particularly really? children and infants. It takes around 20 to 30 years, you know, you know, near-death experience researchers find. So for me, I'm pretty congruent with that finding. Okay. But I, I would say the biggest thing that, that, that I guess people had that I didn't have or know about is the amount of support and awareness a around this and just how you know, um, mainstream it's been, how it's been a household name, but it's so helpful because extraordinary claims require extraordinary uh, evidence. And so from mediumship to near-death experiences, if all these things that we just can't, you know, we, we could try, but we just can't try to push away. These are real and evidential pieces mm -hmm. that consciousness does go on, you know, beyond the brain, beyond the body. 100%. And for those of you that are familiar with the work that I do, when I connect with the divine source of love and light, and it is, we talk about how we're all connected, we're part of the circle, and we're connected with those that appear to be on the other side, or, you know, that kind of thing. It is amazing how much love and support we truly have. And uh, for just even for an example, for the for the things that come through me, not from me, but come through right. me and the, and to hear when clients give me feedback and say, cause I, I, I work like an evidential medium too. I've been trained in evidential mediumship. Mm -hmm. And so I don't ask for advanced information. I truly want the information to come from source and soul. And so for that information to come forward for me, because my background's engineering originally, wow. um, that helps me go, okay. I can continue to step forward and to continue to move forward with this work because I've had too much evidence and there's been too much to validate and back up that what's coming through is coming from divine source of love and light. A, I'm not that creative and B, information you can't Google. That's what's beautiful. So I love that you're talking about, you know, this connection that we all have, the love that's around us and the support that's around us because it's timeless. It's ageless. There is no, there is no beginning and there is no end. I love that. Um, so Jacob, could you please, I would like to hear a little bit more about what you do now, as far as, um, seminar services, types of things you offer. And it also, I'm really excited to get your new book that's coming out here soon. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Cause I think people would really like to learn about that. Uh, you know, my, my life's work is giving back what I was given <clears throat> in moments when my knees, you know, were to the ground and I was like, you know, not literally, but I was just lifeless i was you know shown eternity is all that ever is was and will be and i was reminded you know that suffering does not last it's a temporary experience mm -hmm. or turbulence of the soul but totality is when you squeeze out your essence <clears throat> you're left with unconditional eternal love uh, the issue is a lot of us you know wait for a certain thing to happen to our life or wait for conditions to occur when we choose peace you know we could choose peace now and, you know, the conditions will change. Mm -hmm. So uh, the set, the criteria will change. So I really try to give back what I was provided in my near-death experience to my clients. Uh, for my clients to feel empowered, you know, to feel connected, to get that invigorated, you know, vitality within their life from the ground up. And I recognize, you know, fully that we, you know, have multidimensional aspects to our being. And so that's why I really delved into social work, psychology, you know, Reiki energy healing, you know, mindfulness, hypnosis. I really try to 
meet clients at the varying degrees of needs that we have. And so as you recognize that you're beyond the body, you recognize that you have different needs that need attention. And when all those are working, you know, your life, you know, really just, you know, takes up a whole new notch to it. So it's just amazing how we could live on one planet and it could feel like a totally different planet, you know, when you're connected, you know, mm -hmm. it's a totally different experience. So I try to give back what I was given. And, you know, my next book, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, is very exciting because that really is a matter of the different lessons that I've had through my NDE and subsequent transformative experiences in one book. Because uh, I view wisdom as the oxygen of our soul, of our life, of the times. Mm -hmm. And um, so much of our life is very antithetical to that. We're broadcasted fear and pain and anguish. And yes. all that's very real. Uh, but we have this thing called mindfulness, which is so pivotal. But when mindfulness is rooted in wisdom and compassion, you know, wow, it really takes off um, mm -hmm. to a whole new level. So everything is a matter of how deep, you know, it's rooted in. And so when the tree is really rooted and we could handle a lot of these winds, but it's really, you know, allowing people to be the own ambassadors of change instead of feeling helpless and disempowered. And uh, in this spiral divisiveness that's within this world, there's another reality that we could tap into, you know, through this experience. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm going to double check here something. Uh, okay. There was something here I wanted to share. I have this. No, nope, you already covered it. I'm not going to, we won't have to Syn Synchronicities. That. I don't know if you had a moment, but that was, <laughs> We do have uh, that, synchronicities. That, Let's talk synchronicities. Yeah. We love that. Before, but Jacob, before yeah. we get there, I just want to say here, Camille has a comment. Not fitting in feels better when you realize that we all fit perfectly in the flow of universal love energy. Camille, thank you. That was really cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, Keith also said, wow, Jacob, the story you just told when you were three hit home for me too. I know what you mean by not fitting in. Um, and then, uh, oh, congratulations. Jacob's book is amazing. His story is amazing and he's doing amazing work. Yes, he is. Thank you, Camille. Um, so I just wanted to make, see if there's any goosebumps. People are commenting. Thank you. So I just wanted to get to those before we talk about synchronicities. All right, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. I, I think sometimes when we are suffering, we could just feel that there's a bottomless pit mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, this, this guiding force of life that's not present. And it just feels like no matter what, there's just this absence of this flow of intelligence, of guidance in our life. Uh, but synchronicities, is, you know, happens when you step back and become aware and just recognize how powerful this guiding force is and how powerful this flow is in our life, that it's not an absent or neglectful you know, source of intelligence. It's there very present. And there's different levels of it, but the more that you watch, the more that you observe, the more that you could really see. And uh, it's just amazing when you sit back and, you know, observe versus absorb, you know, life. Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's non-fragmented in a way. You just recognize, wow. And the probability of A to Z happening is just, you know, you, you do it in a lab and it's not possible. And so just, you know, what's happening today and, you know, it's just amazing how you just kind of step back and, you know, things happen. So just watch and you might find, you know, synchronicities, you know, in all around you at all times. 
Yes. And trusting the process. You wrote that in your book and I, I've got that pasted on my door and uh, trusting the process, trusting the source energy and the connection that we have with the divine source of love and light. It is amazing. Um, I am so grateful and so appreciative that you are here this evening, Jacob. I'm so grateful and so appreciative for everybody who shoves up for these, these, um, these uh, live presentations because it's really a community and it's a great way for all of us to connect and just be spend some time in that in that place do you have any final messages or anything that, that we missed here that um that you would like to share with with people here did i yeah. miss any um no i i would say and i made this post the other day you know that for people who had didn't have near-death experiences you could have that same degree of awareness through getting quiet and through meditation and through mindfulness uh, and so we divide some of these experiences, but at the end of the day, there's many paths up the mountain, but a similar degree of awareness that could happen you know, in the physical and beyond. And so kind of think of it kind of like a city where it could get very polluted and you can't see the stars at night. But when you rise above some of the pollution of the mind and the human experience, you could see clearly now too. And so it's just a process of reduction of some of those layers that we could allow you know, the brain to be used for what it's supposed to be, a filter, but not a producer of life between the two worlds. I'll leave you with that. <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. And for a man so young to be at the place where you're at, you are, you have some beautiful ancient wisdom that is coming forth. And I'm so glad that you decided to come back and share your messages uh, you. in that near-death experience. And um Thank you so much for joining us live tonight. Uh, let's see. Um, by the Windy City, everything Jacob is saying resonates with my experience too. Keith says, thank you, thank you, thank you. You got Laura. a great community here. Wow. Yes, yes. Wow. They're very, very thank active. You. Kathy, love this so much. Thank you, Lisa and Jacob. And the thing is, and Camille says, thank you. And the thing is, we'll get a bunch of people who are like, I didn't know you were going to be on Monday night. <laughs> Darn it. Right. But well, you know what? Thank you. I, I, I'm just, I, thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> and um, does it, any last, if anybody has a question you'd like to ask Jacob before we mm -hmm. finish, feel free to put that in the chat box. Um, just one last time that Jacob's book, Life After Breath, which I clearly have a bunch of, okay, let's see if I can get this on the camera. You can yeah. see I've bookmarked a bunch of places. It's a wonderful book. How Brush with Fatality Gave Me a Glimpse of Immortality. You can get this, um, the links to that is on his website, Amazon, a lot of places where you can get that book. And then your next book is coming out. And please remind me of the title of that book, Jacob's Ladder. Yes, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. It should be out in December. The same publisher, Waterside Productions, has already been endorsed by several New York Times bestselling authors, including the in inspiration for the NBC TV hit show, Medium. Alison Dubois, a wonderful, you know, I know who that is. In medium, you know, friend of mine, and I'm just very fortunate and blessed, you know, to know her and connect. Uh, so it's all, you know, it's just kind of crazy. I used to walk around libraries and seeing all these authors, and a part of me is like, you're going to connect with this person one uh -huh. day. And I just, for me, it's <laughs> like, don't bury me in a cemetery, bury me in a library. That's where mm -hmm. I want my, my work to live, you know, is within <laughs> these books. It's just giving back to uh, a point in my life when I was just touched and my life was so changed by, you know, so many, you know, spiritual teachers and uh, thought leaders. And for me, this is a humble way to give back. And 
live on mm-hmm. the shelves and hopefully people take the dust off of those books and make it a part of their lives one day too. It's that ripple effect, you know. 100%. One more comment here. I thought it was fascinating how he said he communicated in the form of sound as I was told heaven is sound energy. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you by the All Windy right. City for commenting on that. And I love Chicago. You- That's a synchronicity <laughs> too. My dad, I was just there a year ago at a wedding. Um, beautiful uh, botanical gardens in Highland Park. It was just mm-hmm. stunning. And my father grew up right, you know, around there in Gary. So it was just great. I've never been there before, but I love Chicago. And mm-hmm. I'm manifesting to go there again because I have an excuse to visit a friend of mine who had a kid. But I also need, you know, to, <laughs> to kind of speak and have something there. I have so many connections. So if anyone knows uh-huh. of any venues, I'd love to go back there. <laughs> Contact Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> Give me an excuse to see my best friend. Yes, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, boy, I'll tell you what, listening to all the people that are endorsing your next book, I'm like, what? I'm doubly like, oh my gosh, how do we get you on Ch- our Ch- channel? Ch- Chicago's my place. That's where, Chicago. you know, one of the places. Yeah. I loved it there. <laughs> not, in the, not in the winter, just the summer. No. I'm not, I'm not a winter guy. <laughs> You're not a winter guy. Well, well, but there's a saying within the depths of winter, you could find an eternal summer. Right. You know, so yes. within yes. my NDE, I, you know, within the darks of suffocation, I found that eternity. So it's true within all things you could find it, especially within the dark. So that's that's oh. true. But wow. uh, naturally, I'm, you know, you can tell I'm more of a summer dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you like to run in the heat, too. I saw that. You should Love not it. be running in the heat like that. No, you no, heat no. Stroke. <laughs> Yeah, I can open myself up for like lawsuits on that one. Everyone's following my method, and no, <laughs> no. I, I, I love it because to me, it's um, you know, running if you can is just like a, a training of the mind. You know, mm-hmm. just it's that perseverance. It's that moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tapping into that inner gear and catching that gear, and then finding another gear and another. It's just it it builds resilience. I mean, all cardio if you can, and if you can't, there's other ways to use the mind. It's just you know, there's just different ways that you can use it, even if that way doesn't work, you know, so you got to find your engine and how to, how it works, you know. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much to our Thank special you. guest, Jacob Cooper. Again, Thank all you. of the contact information for Jacob is listed in the description of this video. Uh, thank you so much. And this will be on YouTube and Facebook right away. So if you want to rewatch this, or for those of you that if you know somebody who you think would enjoy this, please share that with them. Please consider liking and subscribing to these videos. Uh, follow Jacob on Facebook and Instagram, check out his website, definitely check out his book. I'll tell you what, some of the, too much to discuss here, but some of the authors he mentioned just blew me away. Some of the comments he mentioned blew me away. I mean, it was literally, uh, this was, this, this broadcast was definitely meant to happen and I'm so grateful and appreciative. So thank you so much, Jacob, for joining us today. All right, guys. Uh, Wednesday night, we will have our guest Jane Asher on, and I am so thankful for each and every one of you for joining me, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Love and blessings. Bye-bye.